hello, welcome to uh, the Punks and Pubs podcast. We are currently in the Samaritan's tent, and in front of me is Bill, Lucy. Thank you very much again, Bill and Lucy. We've done this twice, well, once because I didn't press record. Uh, so we are here because uh, on the podcast we talk quite openly about mental health. It's something that I've struggled with myself. People who've been listening for a very long time know that I took a pause from the podcast because I found it, found it quite overwhelming and uh, took a step away. Then I've come back last year. And what I wanted to do was talk to you both about the importance of Samaritans being at a festival like this. Uh, probably not the most uh, punk label when you think of. Uh, organizations the Samaritans you can tell me different um, but w- what I wanted to know was why are you here and what kind of impact do you hope you have by being here I think it's important to realize that wherever you are at any time you can suddenly find yourself in a place that really isn't good and although a lot of people come to festivals or most people come to festivals to enjoy themselves um, one of the difficulties is is if that bad time happens while you're here what you see is everybody else having a fabulous time and you are feeling utterly miserable and what we try and do is to give people the time and the space to come and be with another person to talk through what's happening and hopefully that will give them the break they need to actually get back on track. We all come to festivals to have a good time, but the problems that we have at home don't go away, and very often they can surface um, through overindulgence in substances and alcohol. And very often people just need an outlet, and because we're here, and we're here 24 hours a day and they can just come and talk to someone who's going to listen to them and also will not judge them and so they can and they're a complete stranger as well and that's the service that we offer so can i ask are you both trained counselors is that something you do or is it something you volunteer to do we are both trained samaritans um, and therefore we are trained to listen to people and to give them the opportunity to explore their emotions. How often are you doing these kind of like festivals? Is this like a really busy period of time where we should go from one side to another? Yes. We fortunately have quite a large branch of volunteers and so um, we put down the times that we're free and then we get selected for different events, some of which only last two or three days, some of which last over a week. Uh, and we go and we give our time and we are there at the festival, living at the festival um, and doing this work, coming on shifts uh, at different times of the day or night so that there is always somebody here if you need to talk. And this might be a bit of a crass question, but, but are you surprised by how many people use the service at a festival? I would say not, but then this branch has been in existence since the mid-70s and as a consequence if you like we always expect the unexpected and usually we are quite busy so if someone kind of goes to a festival and they want to seek support and help how would they go about it would it would it be a case of just seeing the, the yellow sign and sorry green sign i've gone colorblind then uh, the green sign and, and, and approach you and say hi i'm i'm not doing well or I just need to talk to someone yes I mean I think we do get some people who will deliberately make a beeline for us and come and sit down but a lot of the times what actually happens is because we're very proactive we talk to a lot of people to talk about our work how we work and what we're for and quite often people even if they're in a good place say I remember a time when it wasn't so good and actually talking helped and sometimes even if people come up in a group one person will say actually I think I do need to talk and so quite often it's because our volunteers chat to people find out if they're having a good time it just starts usually as an idle chit chat and then if a person needs to and wants to and feels able to it develops into something more along the lines of what Samaritans is usually thought about, emotional support. So we speak a lot, well, we're speaking the term of the public coming to you. 
What about the artists and the bands? Is that something that you think about whereabouts you might leave flyers or stickers or, or any notes saying that we are here to talk to you as well if you, if you need it? Because obviously going on the road is a very lonely experience at times. So I just wondered if, if you do any work behind the scenes, well, behind the stage uh, to offer your support. Usually we don't get access. Uh, so as a consequence, we're not actually able to work those areas. In some events, we do get artists who come and seek us out, but generally we um, don't have the opportunity. We like it, but we, the promoters don't give us the opportunity to get backstage. Um, um, and what about yourself just in general, like at a festival like this? Do you, do you go and watch a band? Is it something you try and experience, even if it's not the music you possibly enjoy? I think there's always something that you can go and enjoy at a festival because usually the atmosphere is just so much fun. Uh, the difficulty is, is that we work shifts and quite often what happens is you work a shift, you come off shift, you have something to eat, you go to bed, you get up, it's the middle of the night, you go on shift, you get off shift, you have something to eat, you go to bed. Um, it, it's very difficult. Although we can enjoy the festival, and we do try to, our primary purpose of being here is not to be as a sort of freebie punter, but to actually come and be of service to those people who are here to enjoy themselves. Excellent. Well, thank you both for your time. And uh, I, I can only speak for myself, but I know there's people out there who, who will help. This, this conversation will help whenever they go to a festival and uh, they'll seek it out and they'll seek the support. That, that you offer. So yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you very much. at 2000 Trees we are surrounded by people who have not paid for their tickets uh, well they may free, at least a bunch of freeloaders uh, we shouldn't judge and uh, in front of me is Landy how are you Landy? I'm pretty good thanks yeah good uh, so I I mean it's been a bumper packed few days for you you've released a, well you announced you're releasing a, a solo album and you have recently just played uh, the morning show uh, I don't know the name of the tents uh, forest it? it was the forest stage forest stage like how is it playing to uh, I'm guessing the people who come go hard the first night and then regretting it the night after. I don't okay? know, yeah. It's hard to hard to gauge whether everyone was hungover or not. But I did... Um, I was just really pleasantly surprised because before I played, there was barely anyone sat out there. Because it's like a stage... It's a really chilled-out stage where most people sit down yeah. at, the, at the front of it. Um, and, yeah, there just wasn't that many people, so I was kind of thinking, OK, it's going to be a real, real quiet one. That's OK, never mind. Um, but then by the time I went on stage, it was, like, really, really full. And, yeah, I was really surprised, nice. and it was great. It was nice. So did you have, like, the feel of rivalry? Because I know your bandmate Dean played yesterday. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. And did you go... Arch did you, nemesis, did you, yeah. Yeah, did you make sure that you had more people than him? <laughs> no, apparently his set was great, yeah. <laughs> oh, but no, if you it's, weren't it's, there, it never happened. Let's yeah, face exactly, it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's a shame, but we didn't get here yesterday. Today. We probably should have done because we got here kind of cutting it a little fine, I'll say. Mm. And I, I actually went for a wee right before I played. There wasn't a toilet backstage by our stage, so I had to go to like the next stage along to go to the loo. And I went like a really weird way around, and by the time by the time I went back to the stage, it was the time I was supposed to be playing. So I had to start running, and so the first song I was really out of breath. So you didn't feel like doing like a brass against? And have you seen that video? No. Ah, oh, see, now, now we're gonna have to explain the video. So have you heard of Brass Against? No. So Brass Against are essentially a ska cover band. They do some of their own songs, but a ska cover band. And they were doing a ska version, like ska metal version of Killing in the Name Of. There was some guy, she pulled up on stage, she pulled him up on stage, placed him on the ground and she squatted over him and essentially relieved herself on his face okay and then kicked him off like it was his fault uh and it got a lot of traction and it had to apologize which i don't understand why apologize for it 
Uh, but yeah, there you go. Something to YouTube later. Brass against. I, I didn't feel like doing that in the moment. <laughs> a bit um, early. But look, I didn't have the idea to do it. So now you've given next time I need a wee, you never know. There you go. Never know. Always an opportunity. <laughs> uh, so a couple of days ago, released, uh, announced the release of your new album, House Without of You. That's right? right, yeah. I've got notes right here, which people can't see because <laughs> yeah, of audio. Yeah. Do you time this? Like, so when you announce it, you are doing some kind of festival or was it just always planned for this time? It wasn't timed that strategically. And I think in a way, it's not the best idea to play a festival the day after because we actually announced it yesterday. Yeah. And it meant that had so much to do yesterday I kind of hadn't really had a had a chance to think about the festival today so on the way here it was kind of like okay I've got to get myself into festival headspace and we're camping for the weekend so kind of had to suddenly pack a load of stuff pack a tent and it, yeah it was all um it was all quite chaotic so it was just yesterday that, that we put the single out and announced it. So some people might not know what goes into like a net, this kind of like an event. What, what is the process? Is it is like you've got press stuff set up in the morning, press releases going out. I mean, yeah. Well, I think everyone's different because um, for me personally, like I have a um, a record label in the US called Get Better Records. Um, who are amazing and they're they're putting it out in North America but then I've started a label in the UK um, and it was like the first time doing a release on my own label yeah. and that meant that because it's kind of quite DIY there's just so much that I needed to do that I've not actually experienced before like with Muncie Girls we we had a very DIY but a friend's label who would put us up put us out and um, just like a load of help from like various different people and which has been always great. And then this time I really wanted to do it more DIY, but that meant doing a lot of the stuff myself, um, including like, I don't have a booking agent, so I wanted to book a tour and announce that at the same time. So it was co coordinating all those things, all at the exact same moment mm. for an announce. Suddenly was like, it was a lot of stuff, but it's quite, it's really rewarding as well. Cause I know that I did it all myself. So that's like a, a really nice element to it as well. So have you been building up to this then? Like, have you like, obviously touring with Muncie Girls, have you been like, bugging specialist, rec specialist um, records or specialist subject records and other record labels that you meet along the way and you go like oh tell me about the business side of it and not kind of really like I, I know a fair bit from just so many years of putting out music um, but generally it's like been a lot of learning and um, and a lot of help from the distributor yeah. as well, which has been really useful. But yeah, it's been a total learning curve, which is wild because a lot of it I've just never had to do at all. Like the label side of things, yeah. um, you know, with like pressing plants and codes and coordinating territories and all these sorts of things. But it's been it's been really interesting to learn, and I've definitely like upped my skill set doing some like assets and graphic design and stuff that that goes into releases these days. You know, yeah. everything's kind of changed a little bit. Um, but I really, I have enjoyed it. It's been really cool. And has like kind of growing up, listening to like kind of punk kind of music and, and being around, uh, especially in the area where you, where you, where like in Exeter, whereabouts bands usually don't come down that far. And if they do, that's as far as they go. So you're kind of creating your own scene. Has, has kind of growing up around that contribute to what you're doing now? So you kind of like your mind, your DIY mindset's already there. Yeah, definitely. And, and like I've learned over the years, like how important it is to be self-sufficient and to kind of if you the more skills you learn yourself, the more you can rely on yourself along the way, like things change. You might need to suddenly know how to do certain things. And um, yeah, definitely. Like the importance of DIY, I've, I've always felt that because, yeah, like you said, like I've been part of a scene in Exeter, now part of a scene in Bristol. Punk rock's like still really important to me even though my solo project's a little bit more indie. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's all part of the same thing. So usually, if, we, if we'd be doing this in a long-form chat, we'd be talking about your time in Exeter, now living in Bristol, and, and, and talking about Muncie Girls, but we don't have that time. Yeah. Uh, so what we normally do, and trying to keep it kind of loosely themed to the podcast of Punks and Pubs, usually in the pub you talk a bit of shit, and you talk about things that the other person may have been dealing with in the day, or, or something that's been in the news. I mean, today, Boris has left. That's kind of a fun thing to talk about. But, I mean, what do you want to talk about? Like, what, what has been, like, something that you... Let's say something that someone told you and you've gone, 
What? I can't get my head around that. What's going on? Like, well, annoyingly, because I've just been in completely snowed under trying to get ready for this new album, I've been in like ultra, ultra kind of self self absorbed mode. Yeah. But I think that that is quite a good one. The old Boris resigning. It's an interesting topic. I'm sure you're chatting to loads of people about it today. But for me, that the reason. I mean, it's really significant, obviously because he's such an idiot and he, he really needs to go but I think what's what worries me is is the fact that like do people become complacent when they think that like the figurehead is gone and so that's like Boris Johnson wasn't even the worst part of the Conservative Party the Conservative Party are like rotten to the core there will just be someone worse and that's like really scary for me and I do think that like people need to stay vigilant because if they get someone who seems more kind of if they if they get someone else in who's got their shit together a bit more then they're gonna have more chance about winning the next election do you do you worry because obviously as as a band and as a solo artist politics plays a part in in the music that you write about are you worried about like apathy and what we're seeing in america now about people are so disconnected from politicians because Boris did essentially what Trump did was like a plague on all your houses. You are all corrupt. You are all fucked. I, I'm just the one who's talking very openly about it. I'm the one who's showing people the dark arts of politics. You're just exactly the same as me. As, as, as someone who tells people, go vote, go vote, go vote, I can understand why, why people would turn around and go, why? Like, why should I vote now? Because, like, nothing is changing. Politics is slowly... It, it, it seems to be more engaging with people, but I think there's, there's a danger that the engagement is showing people that there's there's a lot of shit going on with politics now. I mean, how do how do you think we get past that? Like, how do how do we kind of cleanse politics, or can it be cleansed? I think yeah, I think there's a huge issue with people becoming apathetic, especially like at the moment with everything going on with like climate change and like even the economy that like nobody thought it would affect them like none none of us lot who don't have any money we never thought it would affect us until suddenly like cost of living is going up so much so it's like disengaging sometimes is the only way to like survive it because it could be so kind of crushing so i i think a lot of the time like when things get really bad the best thing to do is is to just get through it and if disengaging is the way to do that then i do understand that but obviously that's going to make everything 10 times worse and is obviously a tactic from from the government and from like big corporations is when things get so overwhelming and people start to shut down and disengage that's when they can really change things for the worse again so i do think it's like the most like if it's at all possible it's the most important time to engage with politics but it's not just through voting like don't have to vote because voting if you're not given options that excite you or or not even excite you just make you feel positive about some kind of future that's impossible to vote for that kind of thing, but... But, but is there but, an argument of just go spoil your vote? At least turn up, like, do definitely. the minimum. I, I think so, but I think also if you're not going to vote or you're going to waste your vote or whatever, you've got to replace that with something more productive because ultimately there's there's a responsibility to do something if you can, you know? If you can't, that's, that's fair, you know? If you just need to survive, then that's okay, but... And I never would have said that before, but I feel like at the moment... A lot of my friends are like in trouble with like what's going on and I think it's a, a real moment to kind of just survive and be there for each other. But if you've got the capacity to to organise and mobilise and do anything like that, then it's like obviously a fantastic thing to do. And also protesting does work. It literally does work. You might like, get arrested now, but yeah, it does you work. You might get arrested, but the point is to show up yeah. because it's going to be a lot more easy to pass multiple laws against protesting if people stop doing it. I'm just going to very quickly touch on this because you brought it up and I think it's kind of like a, a taboo subject within the, the, the surroundings that we're in, which is the environmental impact of a festival like this or the environmental impact of putting out vinyl records and, and or touring. Is that something that as a band, as, as a social awareness that you worry about and then you think, how, how can I offset this or should I offset this or is it even my place as like a, a, a DIY indie band? Should I, it, like, is... Why, why am I the one who's being, like, targeted? Yeah, I, I think probably, like, the, there's so much about touring that, like, everyone's, obviously, since COVID, having a little think about just thinking, like, flying, travelling in big diesel vans, all that travel, and then waste that happens on tour. Obviously, like, those are things that we should be conscious about. I'm also conscious about 
not necessarily feeling too guilty when obviously the the responsibility lies within like big corporations but also just to try our best like I'm personally not put off from touring for environmental reasons because it's the one thing that I love to do and we're already living in a world that's about to burn so like I'm not saying I'm giving up but I do want to still enjoy certain things and like I know it's not there's so many things that are bad like there's so many things that impact the environment terribly that I do have like a a massive thing about every now and then but yeah it is basically just unbelievably depressing isn't it to really really mull it over <laughs> it is and that's why I was like let's try to end it with a light moment yeah, yeah. Uh, so what was the fav what was your favorite thing about playing out a new album and I'm interested to know like within your band and then solo what what what's what's like the excitement that really gets going is it the play is it the kind of the, the trope of playing it in front of people or is it the reaction of maybe just your close ones listening to it, to it for the first time and then them reacting like oh okay yeah. they, they enjoy this that's great i think i think it, it varies massively between um between like solo music and then music with my band because with muncie girls i think it was like hugely more centered around our live performances and we toured months and months out of every year playing hundreds of shows we went to Europe so many times, we travelled so much and, and made so many connections. And, you know, we were, we're a punk rock band and live shows are a huge part of what we do. And recording's always been really fun and it's really collaborative and exciting. But putting out a record means that we might find out about new tours that we're going to get opportunities to do and, and make plans for that entire cycle. Whereas as a solo artist now, I record all the music myself and it's such a personal and scary thing to do every time that now when I'm putting it out like it's like you said yeah like I care more about what my closest people think about it and I care more about what anyone thinks about it it's much more personal thing and it's less about like I love playing live shows but it is less about that it's less about like a big production of trying to make like an energetic show it's more about like the lyrical content and the connection that I'm making with people um, because it's just me, so all the connections that I make with people kind of is the basis of the project. Whereas with the band, it's more the connections we have with each other and and us as a unit kind of out in the wider world. Yeah. So yeah, it's two totally different things and, and I love them both. Right, uh, we'll wrap it up now, but um, hopefully we'll have a proper conversation and a yeah, long form one soon enough. But uh, thank you for your time and nice uh, well, enjoy the rest you. of the festival. Cheers. Cheers. the 2000s trees main stage and uh, sat on a hay bale next to me is a Andy Andy or Annie Andy Andy, Andy. sorry as in Andrew but sure I mean you can call me Annie if you want it's, well. <laughs> it's up to you <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you go by Andrew or do you do you uh, no, I Andy? Go by Andy I go by Andy okay, okay Andy um, so Andy is uh, how did you get here on the Thursday the Wednesday today we came on the Thursday morning on the coach from Bristol Oh, mate, and how was that? It was air-conditioned, oh, at least. Uh, it was all right, actually. Well, it was raining on the way, so it was, we were like, oh, no, it's going to be all wet and muddy, but it was it was good. How's your festival been so far? Who, who have you watched? Who have you seen? Oh, it's been brilliant. Uh, yesterday was fully jam-packed. We were all over the place, going up to the forest stage. We saw Beans on Toast. Um, we saw Dinosaur pile up on the main stage. Jimmy Eat World, of course. Who's the one band you want to go and watch this weekend or have watched this weekend? 
I think for me, the band I really wanted to see was Dinosaur Pileup, and I'm I'm really glad I got to see them today. I really want to see Orchards. I think they're a great they're a great fun party band. Me Rex as well. Um, and who else? Thrice. I haven't seen Thrice for a long time, so it's going to be nice to see them again. So the reason that I kind of stepped over to you and uh, uh, what I'm trying to do is fill time in the podcast and uh, come talk to uh, people and ask them uh, if you can go to the pub and have a pint or a coffee if you don't drink with a person uh, from in the music industry. But I think you're going to keep it on brand and do it at the festival. If I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I will. I'll keep it completely on brand. I'd like to go for a pint with Will Varley. I think he's a great lad. Um, he's playing today on the Forest stage. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, I've seen him a few times before, but I always enjoy his music, intelligent lyrics, great guitar playing. Yeah, good guy. I think he'd be great. And he's West Country, so uh, solid, solid bloke. Do you think he'll slide into that accent and drunker he gets? Oh, absolutely. He de- he most definitely he doesn't he comes out with it when he's completely sober. So he's uh, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you. Who would have thought it would finish like this On the back of a bus at 2.36 And you try to explain why things aren't the same You've grown up a little, you haven't really changed And the sun came on just before dawn You tried to catch sleep but she's run off to torment your mind And you lie there awake and unnerved And you really don't like the first verse And you're thinking about the universe Season eight the shadows run wild in your mind Seize the night Do your best to lose track of time Seize the night And the path won't feel so long Cause if you know where you are when you wake up If you know where you are when you wake up If you know where you are when you wake up Something's wrong. In front of me are the lads from Rodo Tomasi uh, How are you both? Doing good, thank you. Yeah, doing good. Yeah. I, I heard uh, James, your mum's here, so you're doing a bit of uh, upkeeping yeah. the family. So my mum's just arrived with my sister, so I've just had to go and get them in to where everyone else is. Phone signal here is famously poor, <laughs> um, so I seized on the opportunity of catching a text message at the right time, and they weren't far away, so managed to make it work. They're in the dressing room now, no doubt drinking our beers and helping themselves to all the perks of being at a festival. But it's all right. It's my mum. I'll let her off. So you guys have done this quite a few times now. You, I think we're saying off mic, this is your third time here? We think so. We were trying to work it out earlier and literally like Googling old festival posters. And there's definitely three that we could find. Um, I think it's more than that. And there was a poster that I didn't find because there was some sort of conflicting memories or memories of a festival experience that we couldn't attribute to any of the years that we could find ourselves on the poster, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, we've played here a few times. I think that's the sort of short form answer of what you're looking for. And it's a pleasure to be back. Uh, feels really familiar and, and pleasant. And I mean, 16 years now as a band. Are you getting bands coming up to you now and asking, what, what did we do? Like, we, we've, we, we were on, we're now on the forest or wood stage. We want to be on that stage. Well, what are we doing? Like, is there those kind of questions you're getting now? I, I think they kind of take a look and see where we're at and the sort of state that we're in and stay as far away from us as possible more than anything. But uh, oh, humidity, yeah. humidity right there. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we've ever been asked for any advice from anyone <laughs> in the music world. In all honesty, take take from that what you will. But yeah. What's that really racing? My number one thing is wasted talent. People could come up to me and be like, how do I get in your shoes? But they don't. And that's the tragedy. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is come talk to us and ask us. Yeah, please. We're an open book of ideas of how to... An um, overflowing <laughs> fountain of knowledge. Yeah, climb the slippery, greasy pole up to stardom yeah. that we find ourselves in. Well, then let's kind of do the quick plug of the album. Where Myths Become Memory. The album and, and the album that came out a couple of years before that and I hope this doesn't sound too rude. It seems to have put a spotlight back on the band in a, in a, in a bigger way than probably what it was previously. How, how has that been, like, kind of going from the the, 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 the golden childs of, of UK hardcore punk to, and then kind of not being overlooked, but then coming back in a big way and people going, oh yeah, Rolo Tomasi, great band, always been a great band. I think it was cool. Uh, I think Australia and Grievances, like album three and four, I think was when me and Nathan joined the band and we were especially in Australia we were probably still finding our feet a little bit and I think grievances we really 
probably wrote the 10 most like 10 songs that are closest together like as a family of songs and then kind of built off the confidence of that like going into time will die like we just had this kind of validation that what we were doing was was good and we were really happy with it and we were really creative and really enjoying it like the process from start to finish was was really amazing so to see the um like the recognition and and the you know the nice things that people had to say about that record was was amazing like obviously whenever something like that happens like it's it can be a bit of a tough like act to follow mm. so we kind of definitely took our time with this record we didn't just want to write time will die version two which would be easy to do um but you know it kind of gave us this confidence again like further that you know the music that we're writing is like hit, striking a chord with people it's like interesting for us to do which really exciting for us to do don't think any band sounds massively like what we're doing um and i think when all of those things are combined it's just like yeah you know we 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 don't we kind of went into the studio with when becomes memory and it's yeah to this day like our favorite my favorite music that we've we've ever written and does it feel special because obviously we've come out of a very turbulent period whereabouts spoke about your family being here we've had a period where our families can't be together i mean mm-hmm. does it does it feel like they like, kind of like a fresh start we're all together like the hunger's back there let's get on the road let's do let's do tours do festivals or is that an overstatement no i definitely think it's made me realize that i've been taking a lot of the things that you're talking about for granted definitely yeah. and i think definitely the, you know the last few weeks that we've had out um I think we've been very fortunate as a band to have a lot of really really overwhelmingly positive experiences and it's something that you can just get a bit used to and like why would you want to i don't know it, it, yeah it, like i said i think the the easiest way i can answer it is just um i realized i've been taking a lot of the things that come with being in a band and getting to tour and go to other countries hugely for granted yeah. and i feel very fortunate that we're able to still be doing it as you know 16 years in 17 years in and and be having these new unique experiences getting to come to beautiful festivals like this on lovely summer's days and talk to you and play shows you know it's it's an amazing thing normally on the podcast we will be in a pub we'll be having a beer or coffee or whatever and we'll we'll dig into your lives but we don't have that time so i thought to kind of keep a tedious link to the name of the podcast that we'll uh kind of hand it over to you guys and, and see what kind of shit you want to talk about because usually if you go to a pub with a mate you talk a bit of bollocks mm-hmm. and that bollocks can be serious it can be uh, mundane it can be about anything what we're feeling what do you want to talk about if we went to the pub, we would probably talk about football or we would probably start gambling with dice as quick as humanly possible or making some sort of game or song to kind of wind up another version or person well, of the Tory yeah, party, yeah, yeah. I would say. I am more than happy to talk about football. My, my team's just oh, got pre- promoted to the Premier League go. after 23 years. You're a Forest fan? Forest fan. Fuck yeah. yeah okay. I mean, okay, how... Firstly... The signings that you've made so far have been remarkably astute. Yeah. Looks like you're going to get that Omar Richards from Bayern. Yeah. The other fullback as well from Leipzig. Uh, supposing Nico. Uh, Will- Williams. No, Williams. So Nico the, Williams from Liverpool. The Liverpool player. Uh, the Bella from Union Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, on the back of losing Bree Sambo, who was very, very good in the playoffs, that like that second save where he just stands there and like iron mans it I've never seen anyone do anything like that but to lose him big deal replace him with Dean Henderson I mean come on what an amazing bit of business is that and I think like everyone was kind of saying Jed Spence was your uh, the person that you needed to sign to kind of show you kind of but I think your signings have kind of bypassed that and you don't 100%. really need to do it so I, I support QPR and when you beat us to 4 nil, yeah 3-4-0 uh, um, at the city ground because we we used to live in Nottingham we have loads of friends who are like knots deep affinity yeah, with yeah. Oh, you just said knots yeah, yeah. no 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 they, no, they still no, refer to it no, as no, knots no, no, no. we call it knots and the county fans live outside the city but the city is not knots yeah uh, no. three um, syllables why would I say three uh, syllables <laughs> yeah, exactly but yeah like when you, like that day I said I said to our mates I was just like you'll go up and they, even then they weren't sure I was like the, your momentum is insane like you're just it, something has clicked and you'll you'll go up how sure. you think about Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg obviously Wal- disappearing Warburton yeah. yeah I mean <laughs> it was quite funny in the sense that it, it, like and this has happened before in football like when he 
uh, yeah, didn't sign a new contract, well, but essentially got let go. We were kind of scrambling around, realizing that there aren't any other managers, and he quickly became favourite to rejoin, which is just like <laughs> damning of how organised we are as a football club. But uh, interesting appointment in Michael Beale, like from assistant manager at Villa, uh, highly regarded. But it's like we've all seen highly regarded coaches go into management roles and it not not do very well. But we've just signed Tyler. Roberts, I think, is his name from Leeds? Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty good striker. Um, a few other, like, no big name signings, but our, yeah. our, our years of signing Chris Samba for £14 million pounds is well and truly behind us. Thankfully, though, surely. Yeah, Thankfully yeah no, it is a good thing. It's a good thing, good thing going on at Keep Guard at the moment. We're slowly, each year, going about two league positions above the previous year, up to the dizzying heights of 12. Uh, so, yeah, long may we strive for 10th. Well, guess. as much as I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Forest in the Premier League, I love the Championship. It's a great league to be in. It is. It's uh, one of the best. What about you, James? Who do you support? I'm an Arsenal fan. Arsenal fan. And how are you feeling about Arsenal Champions League? No. Did you make Champions League? No, I mean, that was disappointing, obviously. But at the same time, I think if you'd have said to any Arsenal fan at the start of the season, you'll finish... What did we finish? Fifth in the end? Yeah. The fucking bit in your hand off. Like, I think it's disappointing in the context of the year. And I don't think there's going to be many more years where as many teams slip up as, as they did this year. And it will be seen as a, like a missed opportunity for, for sure. But they're doing good things. They've made the right signings. They've got rid of the right players. And it's exciting to go again and to watch. And the atmosphere in the ground is the best that it's ever been. We've got a really good young team, a lot of academy players that are our players. We stopped signing Chelsea's like stuff that they left by the bins. And, you know, again, that's... You've just, upgraded to Man City's. Do you know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> but he's 25 and we want him. Like, Jesus, they, yeah, they just yeah. signed the best centre-forward in the world. Like, yeah. obviously, they're going to let Gabriel Jesus go. But, you know, signing players like Willian and William Gallas and fucking David Luiz. Number 10, William Gallas. Do you know what I mean? Just players that just haven't got anywhere else to go. And they'll come to Arsenal for an easy ride and a fat contract. And I feel like they've stopped doing that. And instead, they're investing in exciting young players. Like, I'll admit it, I'd never heard of Fabio Vieira, but I can't wait to see him play. Like, everything that I've read about him makes it sound like he's exactly the right sort of player that we should be signing. And they're going for really, like, good, comprehensive depth in the squad. And you know what? Like, I know it's seen as a bit of a joke playing on a Thursday night. I hope we go for it and try and win the Europa League. Like, I've got no shame in that. Like, I'm hoping for a couple of away days with that and, and getting away and getting behind it. Like, it's an exciting time to be, be a fan again. Like, yeah. And we haven't had that for a few years. It just got really boring. Guys, thank you for talking to me. Uh, and I hope you enjoy your set and uh, I hope you get to spend some quality time with your family. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, nice one. away from the main stages in a nice little woodland area uh, and I am stood in front of Louise Louise and Robin see if you force the mic in front of your face <laughs> you will talk uh, Louise and Robin how has your festivals been so far uh, yeah pretty chill we had um, a bit of a matter on last night the silent disco so we're taking it easy today <laughs> Yeah, it's a great time. Saw Jimmy Eat World, which is who I am here for, 100%. I just love them. So, yeah, we were right at the very front getting, like, thrown around. And it was loads of fun. And then we ended up in the silent disco, which was a perfect way to end the night. 
Fantastic. And who ha you said Jimmy was the person you're most looking forward to and for yourself? Yeah, probably the same, to be honest. So we can just chill for the rest of the festival and find new bands that we haven't seen before. So have you been to the festival before? No. Yeah, and how? first time. And how are you finding the festival? Have you been to other festivals before? Yeah, um, I've been to Leeds, Downloads, Sonosphere back in the day. Um, bigger ones. Bigger festivals, yeah. I've never really been to any smaller ones, but it's, it's nice. It's definitely like more chill vibes than anywhere I've been before. Yeah, I'd 100% come here again. I think because it's so easy to walk around and everyone's sound. The toilets are just nice and clean. Well, <laughs> most of them. And it's just, yeah, super easy. We did VIP, so we kind of, we wanted a bit more kind of luxury. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we didn't know what to expect, so we thought we'd rather pay just a little bit more to get it. So You get no judgment from me. This is a guy who went to a uh, punk rock holiday in Slovenia, camped for one night and went, fuck this, and just went to a hotel. So uh, I, I'm not, no judgment. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm going around asking people um, if you can go for a beer or a coffee with someone from the lineup who you want to go for. I've got a feeling you're going to say Jimmy World, but let's, let's see. Jimmy World, yeah, I love them. I'd just do coffee all day, every day with them. Any particular member? All of them together. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, just all of them. Yeah, just hang out with them. It'd be cool. I think it's just dead nostalgic because it just takes me back to like listening to them back in the day. So, I was surprised by how many songs I knew of them. Like it just seemed to come out because they came out quite like bangers straight away, didn't they? And they like weren't holding anything back. And then, yeah, obviously, loads of them. What about yourself? Um, probably the same to be honest. I mean, we. Me and my partner came because these two were coming, so we kind of just tagged along. And I don't really know a lot of the bands that play in, so I'm just excited to find some new favourite bands. Yeah. Excellent. There were some nice ones in the forest yesterday. Um, in early morning, there was a girl, oh, I can't remember what she called, she was one of the earlier ones. Like, I think this, the first guy in the morning was great, like an was acoustic. The one bef well, they were great. It was the one before her. She had like a really angelic voice. I'm definitely going to give her a, a little follow and a listen when I get home. I just loved it. Her voice was gorgeous. Um, them and then the person that was on before her, first off the bat, he was great. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your festival, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. sharing unfortunately yeah i'll be in control of the mic we are at 2000 trees in Word. front of me is uh jock and billy uh from the band puppy how are you both hello <laughs> what's up people <laughs> you... uh, th this is billy for reference and then this guy hello is, is jock see that and that's all he can say yeah. here's a guy who's done audio before realizing <laughs> put the voice to the name yeah. people need to know that shit. Yeah, you guys just come off stage like you just just performed how does it feel to do that and then have to come and do something like this? Because I'm guessing like the adrenaline of being on stage and then kind of stepping down and coming here doing this kind of shit must be weird. Because usually you do it before, right? We had to fight our way through fans and groupies to get here. <laughs> obviously. No, we're just glad to have someone to, to talk to, really, <laughs> other, than, other than each other. You're right, though. I think, like, uh, well, often I think we've come off stage quite, like, um, excited. And like, you know, we've just played a gig, like you said, there's adrenaline going, and then someone asks you like a question in the interview and you're like, yeah, fuck that band, because you're like really excited. <laughs> so we should, we should really try and not do that. I mean, do you want to start beef? Is that what you're saying? Is there yeah, a band we're, here right we're now? We're going to call out uh, Creeper. <laughs> Will from Creeper. Where, where are you, bastard? You're somewhere around here. <laughs> yeah. What, watch this space. <laughs> so have you guys played this festival before then? Just the four times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we first played here in 2016, which was really exciting because uh, I don't think we'd played many festivals before at all. Uh, and it was great. Remember that, Chuck? Yeah, it was wicked, man. Like, I think, yeah, that was, we had one summer, like, I think after we put out our, um, we put out our second EP, Volume 2, and that kind of seemed to connect with people a bit. And, um, yeah, we started playing festivals, which, we, you know, was great for us. We'd only ever played, like, uh, my basement and um, 
our local pub. So that was really cool. Um, and 2003 has honestly have been like super supportive of the band. They've they've asked us back a bunch of times, and um, it's I like for me easily my favorite festival to play. Like it's it's a really good size. You see cool new bands, and there's always like one or two. Um, like wicked headliners as well yeah. like we saw at the drive-in here like we saw um refused here we saw like and tonight uh who we got tonight turnstile to see tonight and we actually played on the main stage just before turnstile a few years ago oh that's true and i yeah it's interesting the way yeah yeah our careers have uh, taken slightly <laughs> different paths since and then I just wish them the best of luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll catch up one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you're talking about those kind of bands that I would associate with like, the punk and hardcore movement. And your band is a band that I think famously people like to go, cannot be categorised, cannot be put in a genre. You, you change. You, you that's that's what they've heard of us. That's the, that's the <laughs> <laughs> biggest option. But, but, I mean, it's true. I mean, the, 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 the articles that I've read about you is, is always kind of like that they're a band that doesn't sound like any other band. So uh, one of my questions was going to be, I mean, like you, you've named three kind of prolific bands there with um, At The Drive-In, Refused and Turnstile now, who seems to be becoming one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. Like, is that kind of the musical music that you were listening to growing up or, or now? And uh, it's, a real, it's a real big mix of stuff. I was chatting to someone about this the other day, actually. I think like, um, like uh, the kind of genesis of this band was that, that um, me, and, me and Billy's sort of like background in bands before we started doing Puppy was more like sort of like indie rock sort yeah. of stuff. So it was like, it was a bit, I'd say like, you know, it was a bit to like- categorize it though, like not like the Libertines and the Kaiser Chiefs. No, like, no, no. Like sort Teenage of- Teenage Fan Club or- Yeah, yeah. Or like Weezer. Weezer we, like Weezer would be like the heaviest yeah. reference or something. And then we, uh, Will, who plays bass in our band, who's not here, unfortunately, his, um, he played in Doom bands. Yeah. Uh, he played in a band called Throne, who were a great kind of like uh, Dooms. Cosmic sort of cosmic sleep yeah yeah uh, yeah exactly space themed space themed um, and we were, I think we were quite jealous of what each other were doing because like I think we'd see him play and because we grew up like loving like heavier music but didn't we weren't really in a scene where we could play it I yeah. suppose um, and Will was very much in the kind of doom scene and I think according to him his experience was quite like um, it's quite it's a bit narrow mm-hmm. like he felt like he couldn't really do more yeah so and we were all friends and we talk about a bunch of different music so basically the kind of idea of the band was to try and sort of like sounds dumb but like fuse those two things like we really like playing heavy music and we felt we weren't getting a chance to do it in the sort of realm we were in and Will wanted to like write songs of like more than two chords so we, we sort of bonded over you know we, we, we helped each other out I think in that respect I mean the two chords I mean for a punk fan it'd be like well, the, well slow down <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break, amuser. <laughs> right, Beethoven, chill out. <laughs> so, I mean, how have you found uh, like touring then? Because like your band, like I said, like can can go on a tour with a band uh, that's like a hardcore band, and then you can or a thrash band, and then you can go and play like the, the like you said, like Doom, or go to Artangen and feel quite comfortable there. I mean, is well, we it? Ne- no, we never feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big assumption. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, man. I think, like, I think in some ways it's, like, it, 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 it's the biggest strength of the band, but then also it can be, it can be tough sometimes because sometimes you feel like, uh, I guess we always feel slightly out of place on the bill, you know what I mean? Like, that whenever, like we did um, Outbreak a couple of weeks ago, which was amazing. Like, the lineup was incredible. We were so excited to be asked, and there's so many bands on that bill that we personally think are like some of the most relevant guitar bands like around right now but we're not a hardcore band so it's like it's quite an intimidating place I think we've had that before like we've played I think like, there was one summer that we did Bloodstock download Glastonbury Reading in 2000 Trees and I thought that was great I think that's we've always aimed to I think it's annoying it's difficult because you always run the risk of not really impressing anyone because you're you sort of find yourself on this weird middle ground but I think that was always the aim and that's why it's really great genuinely to see Turnstile basically went from Outbreak to Glastonbury and I think there's definitely a bit of a crossover happening which is I think makes sense as well there's so much um we always talk about Venn diagrams, but there's there's so much Venn diagram between like shoegaze and bands like Dinosaur Jr. and heavier stuff, yeah. and black metal and hardcore, and, and that was kind of a founding principle of this band. Not that we sat down with a fucking calculator and a blackboard and <laughs> wrote down our founding principle, although we should have. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, maybe we should do that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I think Billy's Billy's exactly right. Like, um, I think to us there was lots of kind of cool crossover between things that made sense to us, um, but then equally, sorry. 
equally, I, we never wanted to be a band that was like one of those annoying bands that goes like slap bass section and then like hardcore breakdown. Like yeah. to me, there's nothing more annoying than someone like showing off their influences and it being like less, you know, less than the sum of its parts. What we always tried to do was was show off our influences and make it about the same as the sum of its parts. <laughs> yeah, 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 aim a little bit higher. But yeah, that, that's that's kind of it really. And I think like again, that was a long time ago. We started this band like 2015. So since then, I think. We, we've got to a point now where we kind of know what a puppy song is and yeah. we know what each other like and how to play music together and and how to hopefully like push that and keep trying new things and stuff yeah. I mean it's interesting you said that you, you started in 2015 but it, it seems like your band that is always put in the like the best new coming band or the best up and coming yeah, yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, we've been, yeah, we've been like sort of yeah, best new band for seven years, which is uh, We're in our fifties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how does it feel like to constantly be seen as like the new boys on the block? Because I, I think that is a detriment to the fact that you do sound so many different styles. So therefore, there's a new realm of media that's finding you and then going on. Oh, these guys are new. You should listen to them. I mean, you know, it's better than no one finding us, right? Like, uh, yeah, I guess. I, I, you know, I think we just take it, take it as it comes. Really, like, we 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 like what we do. We're very we're very proud of what we do, and uh, that's all you can really think about. You know, you know. Again, it's wicked to have people like Two Thousand Trees come back and ask us to play again after you know three or four times or whatever. That's, that's awesome. I mean, you got um, sorry. No, no, it's fine. So I was waving at someone. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is the fun thing about these festivals. You, it's like a band camp for, for bands, where that's you, you see people you haven't seen for ages, you toured with them, and now you can go and, hey, how you doing? Yeah, 100%. Like, we just saw Will, Will from Creeper. Um, Salem. Yeah, Salem played. Side Project Salem played right before us. We, didn't, we saw the end of it. Great. Great stuff. Yeah. We're, we're not actually trying to start a beef with Will from Creeper, by the way. He's that a, was a he, joke. That was a gag. He's a lovely he man. He looks like he could handle himself in a fight as well. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen. He's got very pointy shoes. <laughs> He's wearing a sleeveless top today and, and I think fighting gloves, so he would yeah, he would take us he would take he us both. A samurai sword as well. <laughs> he was just pointing it menacingly at the crowd. <laughs> it was great, great stagecraft. Yeah. I mean that's what they say about Creeper, isn't it? Great stagecraft. Um, so your new, your new your album, Pure Evil, came out. And like how does it feel when you put out a new album in, in a time whereabouts live music is in a weird place? Like COVID is still kind of present and yeah. people still we, we say we, we say we don't give a shit, but clearly you have to when you're yeah, touring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does it feel like when you put out an album like that and go, well, we need to tour it, but fuck? Uh, it's weird, man. Like, I think we were, uh, personally speaking, I think I think probably for all of us, like, we went through so many ups and downs, and there was more important shit going on, you know, than like us playing gigs. But it's it, it's kind of disheartening, I suppose, because like you you're on this sort of roller coaster, maybe like a strong term but like you're as all like a kind of working band right you're like you do the festival season then tours and then uh album and you do it we were doing that for like three three years maybe in a weird way yeah i mean we had such a intense sort of slog of that building up to covid and that felt i mean i know i mean obviously i think it happened at the worst possible time for a lot of acts but i think for us at least it gave us the opportunity to take uh Get our bearings a little bit, and then and then write that album, and we and we wrote and recorded that album like we and we did it ourselves, oh basically over that period. Yeah. Jock got really good at, or quite good anyway, at recording things. <laughs> uh, taught himself how to be a producer and stuff, and and it, it was really lovely having the freedom, I guess, to to do it ourselves over that period in a way. So we tried to take positives from it. What's it like going back on tour with bands? Do you do you find these people are still a bit weary, or do you think? People are just like fuck it, throwing themselves into life. I saw um, Shellac play at Desert Fest, and the drummer wore a mask throughout the whole show, really? which kind of added to it because I don't know. If, he's a great drummer, but he's sort of like this big, wiry spider guy. He's quite an unusual drummer anyway. And then, he, yeah, Slenderman. He was the original Slenderman, <laughs> um, and he was wearing a mask as well, and it kind of gave it this whole other thing. And I don't know. Maybe maybe that was a bit, but I think he was genuinely maybe just a bit concerned about his health because they're probably in there. Late. They are actually in their fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they're the perennial new kids in the block. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think. I think. Like, I think there were a few times where like you got we got our hopes up for stuff, and then they got kind of like knocked down again. Yeah. It was like, oh, this festival's happening. Oh, it's not happening. Oh, we've been offered this tour. Oh, the tour's cancelled. It happened a few times, and I think after a while we just sort of stopped trying to get. That sounds like kind of negative, but we stopped kind of getting excited about it. Yeah. Realist. Yeah, yeah. 
and then just focus on the stuff we could control. And the stuff we could control was like just making music and hanging out. Uh, I mean, even that was tough sometimes because one of us would get COVID and we couldn't hang out anymore. I but like, yeah, Billy just I've just come back from a big old bout of COVID, which mercifully fell really nice when we we didn't have anything on as a band. And actually, I was just supposed to be back at my day job, so I just I chilled. I watched a lot. I listened to the cricket every day, the Test match, which was a, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, but it was intense, actually. Yeah, rough so, out, rough, rough out. out. Yeah, the first one was easy. I was like, nah, it's fine. And the second one was shit. I was, yeah, it was intense. I think because it was in the summer as well. So obviously, it's still a thing. It's still here, but it's so good to see. This is basically exactly as it was the last time I remember being here. It's sold out as well, isn't it, right? Sold out, yeah, yeah sold out. It's so it's now 2000 COVID super spreader. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's, it, like, it's genuinely like this is the first time uh, I certainly, maybe all of us, have been to like like a kind of a festival with camping and shit that feels like a sort of like festival festival in fucking years. So it's really fun, man. It's really nice. Again, you know, who knows? We might, there might be another global pandemic tomorrow, but <laughs> just enjoy it while, while you can, I suppose. Keep it light, guys. Keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this, so normally if we were doing a podcast, we would talk about that heavy shit, but I mean, we're at a festival, so let's keep it light. Keep it, keep it, keep it light. Keep okay, it cool. Keep it up. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? What, what, what's in your mind? Global pandemics. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, psh, God knows. Uh, what, what have we been up to? Hanging out, <laughs> making music, Nintendo. playing Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. Which Nintendo? Are you go? Have you got one of those little small snazzes? I've got, I've got, a, I've got one of them. Yeah, and I've got a Switch. Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've got them all. I've got all I, the consoles. Actually, um, we made a, a video with my my baby brother Sonny, who's uh, eight. Yes. And uh, his payment for that was uh, two Nintendo Switch games. Was it really? Yeah. What did you get? Gang... Gang Beasts. Gang Beasts. Which seems like an odd concept for a... I wasn't... you know anything about that game? It sounded a bit dead to me, the way he was describing it. I, yeah, it's... Uh, do, you, do, you play, do you play Gang Beasts often? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. But <laughs> educate me. Educate me. We went... We, so we, we, we recently went on tour. Uh, and for the first few days of our tour, speaking of COVID, the guy who was driving us got COVID just before the tour. Like so the we, before. like the day before. So we, we, we were fucked basically. And then Billy's dad, Pete, who's a wonderful man, stepped in and drove us the first few days of the tour, which is really, really nice. Uh, and we ended up staying at his house. And uh, the, first, the, the first date was in Exeter. And my dad now lives in Devon with my younger brother, my stepmom. And we were going to swing by there anyway and stay. Uh, but then, obviously, he had to drive us, so we ended up staying there. Was it two two nights? Yeah, I think two or three nights we ended up staying at, uh, at Billy's dad's house with his younger brother, playing with him just, like, schooling us at video games. <laughs> he's, he's good at them, isn't he? He's so good, and he's eight, <laughs> and it's really depressing. And we're, like, we, 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 we're, like, like, I mean, we're very much showing our age, like, hanging out with him, because we're, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Do you want to be a cool <laughs> rocker like your brother? And he's, like... Now I want to be a I want to be a Twitch streamer. He wants to be a YouTuber. Yeah, that's the and that was an odd like talk about feeling old. Like yeah, like if you're like well, you know what you're into, he's like I'm gonna be a YouTuber. So yeah. for instance, so the, and the video that he was in, I think it's on like 40,000 plays, and I was like that's fantastic. Oh, wow. I'm really happy yeah. with that. And he was like no, <laughs> <laughs> Billy, it, it's got it doesn't even have a hundred thousand plays. Yeah, I was like shut up. <laughs> Maybe you could have upped your performance levels a little bit, Sonny, and that's yeah. why. Yeah. Maybe we should have had him playing. Fortnite in the video that would have been that might have helped that probably would have got more views yeah. <laughs> Gang Beasts <laughs> just set to our song that he's shouting over it was really funny because we, we were sat playing Nintendo Switch together and uh, he did that thing of you know when like when you're young and you like you, someone else wants to go at something and you go like let me just show you how it works quickly but actually what you're trying to do is just not let them play at all <laughs> so he's playing this video game and going like this bit's a bit hard I'll do this one level and then you can have a go and I was like alright cool that's fine and I knew exactly what was going on straight away. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, this next box is really tough. Let me do this. And then so I just sat there for about three hours watching him play, play video games. Well, and then we left. I feel like wireless controllers are fucked up because what I used to do is pull out the controller, the second controller, and go, yeah, you're playing. And I'm playing. But now you can't do that. You can't do that. Like, That's true, you actually. Turn it off. You could turn it off, but 
this is the other thing is everyone's so tech savvy and canny of the, at that age that they would be like no I can tell that this isn't this isn't plugged in yeah they would know that yeah when I was a child my, my dad played Doom when I was a kid quite a lot and he would give me and my little brother like fake I don't know what he gave us like bananas or some shit and we were like oh, we're playing Doom too and we'd like sort of sit and help him but yeah now fucking like an eight year old would be like this isn't connected to Bluetooth what are you talking about so, yeah they're a lot smarter than we were I think yeah. at their age yeah I, I hate it it's, it's horrible lads thank you so much for your time hey thank you thank you Friday, 2000 trees, and uh, stud in front of me is, I'll go round to my left first. Aaron. Aaron. Nice to meet you, Aaron. Damon. Damon. Rob. Nice to meet you, Rob. Rob. <laughs> what happened to your foot? I actually have no idea. I was I was working one day, uh, and then it suddenly started hurting half through my shift, and by the end of it, it was apparently broken. So there we go. Is there, is there, where's the blame as a claim? Is we on that? Well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Oh, I did. I did crowd serve twice yesterday and uh, got a few mosh bits and uh, yeah, I definitely didn't do any help. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> so how's your festival? Oh, he's a new guy. How, uh, what's your name? Amazing. I'm Harry. How's Harry, nice to meet you, Harry. I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So I'm going around asking the guys how the festival was and then I'm going to ask them uh, if you can go for a beer or a coffee with anyone on the lineup, who would it be? Because you're next to me, who would you go for a coffee or a beer with? Probably the lead singer of Dinosaur Pile Up, I reckon. That would probably be the one man. Dinosaur Pile Up is probably the band I've been looking forward to most and they were sick. And, and is this the first time you've been to this festival? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all of us. So how you've enjoyed it? What, what have you found about the festival? Why are you enjoying it? Uh, just really good vibes. Everyone's lovely. Uh, in the mosh pit, there's loads of like, really good people helping each other out when they fall down. Um, one guy had to tie up his shoe, so everyone like crowded around him and made like a nice little circle, so it'd be all right. That was pretty solid. Good. I'm glad to see like punk ethics is playing a part in this, in this small festival. So I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come to the the hobbler. Oh, he's offering out sun cream. So smart. Uh, so yeah. So if you can go for a beer with someone, uh, who would you go for a beer with? I would. I want to go for a drink or a coffee or something with all the boys from Idols. I reckon that'd be I really sick. Yeah. Joe Talbot. Yeah. Joe Talbot. I mean, he's fucking sober now. Yeah, he's sober but now. But I would happily yeah. sit with him and drink fucking lemonade and speak to him like that guy. They're very. Uh, they're just some really cool people. Like they've got. They're very. Uh, just like just smart and like they just. I don't know, they're just good guys, really, pretty much. So they sound like a good crack to have a sit down and have a chat with and all that. So probably them, definitely them, I reckon. So. Hello, guys. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the festival, guys. He's going. He's going. <laughs> Check out Elephants with Shotguns on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We've got three singles out, EP coming soon. Have a listen to Vampire. The fact that you managed to do all that, because you clearly had a few, it's oh, good. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm fucked already, but, but let's get who's fucking plugged in. Did you see that painting, what Rothko did? Looks like it was painted by a two-year-old kid. Hot air! Ignorance is bliss here, yeah. well I'm not pleased to she spread your opinion like a wretched disease? Hot air!